Greenwich by Susan Cooper, Chapter Eleven. Down in the harbor, with Will and Captain Toms at either side, shadowy hooded figures, Merriman raised both arms higher in a gesture that was half appeal, half command, and he called into the darkness over Trewisick in his deep, resonant voice the words of the spell of Mana and the spell of Wreck and the spell of Lear. From all around, rage beat at them like waves, a great gale of unseen force. No! cried the great voice of the green witch, thick with fury. No! Leave me alone! Come forth, green witch, Merriman called. The spells command it. One coming is all they may command, the voice roared, and out of the sea I came. They commanded me, and I came. No more, no more! Come forth, green witch! Will's clear voice sang out through the darkness like a beam of light. The white lady bids you hear us. Tethys gave us leave to call you before you should go into the deep. Fury enveloped them like a tidal wave. At their backs the sea growled and murmured. The land quivered beneath their feet. But then, though they could not see it, the presence was all around them, seething, resentful. Merriman said, "'The secret is not yours, Greenwich. "'You know you should not keep it.' "'I found it. "'It was in the sea.' "'It would not have been there "'but for a battle between the light and the dark. "'It fell. "'It was lost. "'It was in the sea, in my mother's realm.' "'Come, my friend,' Captain Toms said gently "'in his rounded Cornish voice. "'You know that it is not of the sea, "'but is a part of a thing of power.' "'the green witch said. "'I have no friend. "'It matters nothing to me "'what happens between the light and the dark.' "'Ah,' Merriman said, "'you will find out that it may matter "'if this thing of power shall belong fully to the dark. "'Half of it they have already, "'half they seek to have from you. "'If they gain it, and have the power of the whole, "'things will go hard with the world of men.' "'The voice around them mumbled. "'Men have nothing to do with... "'Men have nothing to do with me,' Will's voice cut light and clear through the night. "'Do you believe that, Greenwich? Men have everything to do with you. Without them you would not exist. They make you each year. Each year they throw you to the sea. Without men the Greenwich would never have been born.' "'They do not make me,' the great voice was bitter. "'They serve themselves only, their own needs only.' Though they make me in the form of a creature, yet they are making no more than an offering, as once in older days it might have been a slaughtered cock, or sheep, or man. I am an offering, old ones, no more. If they thought I had life, then they would kill me, as they killed the cocks and the sheep and the men, to make a sacrifice. Instead they make me as an image, out of branches and leaves. It is a game, a substitute. I am given real life only by the white lady— "'life enough to take me down to the deeps. "'And this once, too, I have had a different life wake in me. "'Because I was drawn out to the earth, out of the sea, by—' "'The voice grew reflective, a note of cunning crept in. "'By the dark. "'Put that out of your mind,' Merriman said at once. "'None is more self-serving than the dark. "'Tethys has told you that.' "'Self-serving!' The bitterness was back in an instant, and far deeper. 
"'You are all self-servers, light, dark, men. "'There is no place for the wild magic except its own. "'No care, no care.' "'In spite of themselves, the three old ones swayed backwards "'as the force of fury rose again abruptly, "'and the rage of the green witch throbbed all around them "'like a great heart fiercely beating. "'Staggering, Merriman caught himself upright, "'sweeping his long cloak around him, "'the hood falling back to leave his wild white hair "'glistening in the lamplight. "'Has no one showed care for you, Greenwich? "'No one?' "'No one!' The huge voice rang through the village, around the hills, over the moors behind. Like distant thunder it rumbled and re-echoed. No creature, none, not one. The fierceness died, the thunder grew less. For a long moment they were listening only to the wash of the uneasy sea against the cliffs, out where the swells broke. Then the green witch said in a whisper, None except one. "'None except the child.' "'The child?' Will said involuntarily. "'A thin note of raw incredulity tipped his voice. "'For a moment he thought the green witch meant himself.' "'Merriman said softly, ignoring him. "'The child who wished you well.' "'She was up at the headland at the making,' the green witch said, "'and they told her of the old saying that "'whoever touches the green witch before it be put to cliff "'and makes a wish shall have that wish. "'So then she could have made any wish she chose.' "'The voice grew warm for the first time. "'She could have wished for anything, old ones, "'even for the first lost part of your thing of power to come back to you. "'Yet when she touched me she looked at me as if I were human, "'and she said, "'I wish you could be happy.' The soft thunder died away. The harbour was silent, bursting with the memory that filled it. "'I wish you could be happy,' the green witch said softly. So she—will began, but stopped as Merriman's hand touched his arm. The air around them was growing bright, light, mild. Trewissick, for this one night, would catch every mood of the green witch like a burning-glass— the echoing voice murmured softly to itself, and it seemed to Will that with every moment the earth and sea in that place grew gentler. Into the dim-lit spring night a cold voice said, "'The girl, too, is self-serving, just as the rest of them.' There was a silence. Then out of the shadows at the back of the quay stepped the painter, the man of the dark. He stood in a pool of yellow lamplight facing them, a chunky black silhouette. "'Self-serving,' he said to the air. "'Self-serving!' "'Then, turning to Merriman, he said, "'I have the mastery of it, not you. "'The spells that called it from the ocean were mine. "'The creature is mine to command, old one, not yours.' "'Will felt a low rumbling around them, "'and saw the lights faintly quiver. "'Merriman said, "'This is not now a matter for command, but for gentleness. "'The spells that brought it out of the sea can accomplish no more now.' "'The painter laughed scornfully. "'He swung round in a half-circle, arms outstretched. "'Greenwich!' he shouted. "'I have come back for the secret. "'I give you one last chance before the wrath of the dark will descend.' "'The rumbling sound rose into a huge snarl, like a roll of thunder, "'then died down again.' "'Be careful,' said Captain Toms softly. "'Be very careful.'
but the command in the voice of the man of the dark now was like ice. It was the cold, absolute arrogance that, through centuries past, had brought men down to terror and groveling obedience. "'Greenwich!' the man called into the night. "'Give your secret to the dark. Obey. The dark is come again, and for the last time, Greenwich, the hour is come.' Will clenched his fists so that the nails cut into his palms. Even an old one could feel the force of such a command bite into the mind. He watched without a breath, wondering. He did not know how such a challenge would touch the wild magic, a force neither of the light nor of the dark, nor of men. The air around them sang with the ferocity of the dark messenger's will, spinning their wits into uncertainty, and then— Gradually, subtly, a change began. The force that was in the air faltered, and changed imperceptibly back to the spell-web that had possessed this small part of the earth since the green witch had struck the painter down. The wild magic was resisting all challenge, invincible as the boar trueth. Will took a great breath. He began to guess what was to come. Standing alone on the quay, the painter whirled round, staggering, groping into the air, as if in search for something he could not see. Out of the darkness, high above the village, a weird, clear voice called, as it had called before. "'The hour is come, but not the man. The hour is come, but not the man. The hour is come, but not the man.' And into the silence, after the ringing words, a whispering began, a gradual murmuring of many voices, calling, whispering, "'Roger Toms! Roger Toms!' And shadows came flocking into the harbour from all sides, all the shades and spirits and hauntings of that one haunted night, the past folk of Trewissick from all the centuries that the little sea-town had ever seen, focused into one black point of time. "'Roger Toms! Roger Toms!' they called, softly at first, growing gradually louder, louder. It was a calling and an accusing and a judgment, and it whispered relentlessly round the harbour and over the sea. Silently, unobtrusively, the three old ones drew their hoods over their heads and moved together to one side of the harbour, in the shade of the wall, to stand there unseen. Out into the centre of the quay, alone, the dark painter turned in a slow circle, incredulously seeing and hearing the past come falling upon him, making him into its long shame. With immense effort he raised his arms, pushing feebly at the air. But there was no pushing away the unreasoning rage that the wild magic had brought out of the village to make a scapegoat of its attacker. "'Roger Toms! Roger Toms!' the voices called angrily, stronger, more demanding." The painter shrieked into the night. "'I am not he! You mistake me!' "'Roger Toms!' came a great triumphant shout. "'No, no!' They were all around him, crying and calling, pointing, just as the villagers of the present had crowded and called and pushed about the Greenwich, as it was taken newly made, to tumble headlong from the cliff." And from out of the night, over the roofs of Trewissick, from the dark inland moors, came sailing again the phantom ship of Cornwall, single-masted, square-rigged, with a dinghy behind, that had sailed up out of the midnight sea in the haunting. Silently it skimmed over houses and roads and quayside, and this time it was not empty, but had a figure at the helm. 
the drowned man, dripping and intent, whom Jane had seen glide up out of the sea, stood high on the deck at the wheel, steering his black dead vessel, looking neither to left nor right. And with a glad shriek all the great crowd of shades rushed on to the ship, dragging with them the struggling painter. "'Roger Toms! Roger Toms!' "'No!' The phantom sails filled again with a wind that no man alive could feel, and the ship sailed away, out to sea, out into the night, and on Trewissick Cay the old ones were left alone. Jane slept deeply at first, but halfway through the night dreams began to edge into her sleep. She saw the painter painting. She saw again all the fearful things that she had seen from her window that night. She dreamed of Roger Toms and fair traders, with the ship called the Lottery fleeing from the revenue men, and the shots ringing out between the two, and in her dream the Lottery became the black phantom ship that had sailed unthinkably up out of the sea and away across the land. She thought, as she tossed in her sleep, that she heard voices calling, "'Roger Toms! Roger Toms!' and then as they faded, gradually into her dream came the Greenwich. She could not see it as she had seen it in a dream once before. This time it was obscure, merely a voice, lost in the shadows. It was unhappy. "'Poor thing,' Jane thought. "'It's always unhappy,' she said. "'Greenwich, what are all these horrible things?' "'It is the wild magic,' the Greenwich said miserably into her dreaming mind. "'This is how it besets the minds of men, "'calling up all the terrors they have ever had "'or their forefathers have ever had. "'All the old hauntings of Cornwall, "'which men there have always feared. "'That is what these have been.' "'But why to-night?' Jane said. The Greenwich sighed, a great, gusty sigh like the sea. "'Because I was angry. I am never angry, but the man of the dark made me so. And the rage of those who are part of the wild magic is not a good thing to bring out. The village bore it. The village has been possessed. "'Is it over now?' "'It is over now,' the Greenwich sighed again. "'The wild magic has carried away the man of the dark.' the messenger of the dark. He was a creature alone, trying to cheat his masters, so they did not protect him, and so the wild magic has taken him to outer time, from which he may never properly come back. Jane cried, "'But he has the grail! What about the grail?' "'I know nothing of a grail,' the green witch said indifferently. "'What is a grail?' "'It doesn't matter,' Jane said with effort. "'Did he take your secret in the end? Did you give it to him?' "'It is mine,' the Green Witch said quickly. "'I found it, and now no one will let me keep it.' "'Did you give it to the dark?' "'No.' "'Thank goodness,' Jane said. "'It really is terribly important, Green Witch, to the light, to everyone, really, to the people who made you, to my brothers and me, to all of us.' The Green Witch said, "'To you?' Its great, melancholy voice echoed round her like waves booming in a cave. "'My secret is important to you?' "'Of course it is,' said Jane. "'Then here,' said the huge voice, "'take it.' Jane never knew afterwards what she had 
been at that moment doing in her dream, standing or sitting or lying, indoors or out, in day or night, under sea or over stone. She remembered only the great wave of astonished delight. "'Greenwich, you will give me your secret?' "'Here,' said the voice again, and there in Jane's hand was the small, misshapen lead case that had fallen into the sea at the end of the adventure that had achieved the grail, and that held inside it the only manuscript able to unravel for them the secret of the grail. "'Take it,' the green witch said. "'You made a wish that was for me, not for yourself. No one has ever done that. I give you my secret in return.' "'Thank you,' said Jane, in a whisper. All around her was darkness. It was as though nothing existed in the whole world but herself, standing in emptiness, and the great disembodied voice of this strange, wild thing, a creature of the sea made of branches and leaves from earth, from the earth. "'Thank you, Greenwich. I shall find you a better secret instead.' A quick image came flashing into her mind. "'I shall put it in the same place where you found this one.' "'Too late,' said the great sad voice. "'Too late.' It boomed and re-echoed, fading gradually away. "'I go to my mother now, to the great deeps.' Away into the darkness the echoes died, a last whisper lingering. "'Too late. Too late.' "'Greenwich!' Jane cried in distress. "'Come back! Come back!' She ran blindly into the darkness, reaching out helplessly. "'Come back!' And in the same moment the dream dissolved, and she woke. She woke into the small white room, bright with sunshine, gay as the cheerful yellow curtains at the windows, and the yellow quilt pulled up to her chin on the bed. The curtains shifted gently in a small breeze from the window she had left part open the night before and clenched in Jane's hand was a small, misshapen lead case, patched with green stains, like a rock that has been a long time under the sea. End of chapter 11